0: my people my people hey we got a chris wheeler right away no way i'm gonna report and block you no way, a minute hold on we're gonna invite you to co-host there christopher wheeler and i congratulate you on having the same avatar week to week matt archuleta chris ali cariba you know cariba we might have to change your i was a teenage hand model avatar there thank you um, thank you it's thank good, you. It's good. You. but it kind like I, i've never been on the OnlyFans site that's a true statement uh but i have to assume like that might be the same exact avatar we would find on a alex kariba OnlyFans account so just yeah uh uh how's this anytime you're debating which avatar to use if folks might want to say the phrase, put the lotion in the basket, that's one to run away from, brother, and we kind of got a uh, put the lotion in the basket avatar, So, but that's all said with love. I'm <laughs> so thankful somebody else said it. Well, you know, shots fired, but hey, Christopher Wheeler, how you doing? We haven't done our show in a little bit, and it's pretty much all my fault, but most things are all my fault, and uh, I suck, but you don't, we love you, and we should also say hi to... Sarah Morrill, Jamie Carr, Steve Bonick, Alex Williams, the Christy Perdina, Scott Richards, uh, a person chock full of IndyCar stats. I mean, it, it's almost unfair how many stats are within that, that beautiful. I want I'm of I'm Scott ready to Richards. pull out some
1: random stats tonight though. So I hope he's ready to chat.
0: You love randos, so that, that's kind of the vibe. Uh Oscar Love, how you doing, Marion? And just I mean, down the list. We love you. Kevin DeVries, got Canada in the house. Steve Grinstead, Ariel, James, Missy, Trevor. I mean, come on, chill. Just look at this. So, hey, we're back. Uh, Let me admit very quickly, I thought we weren't going to be able to do an episode because our friends at, oh, don't call it Twitter, it's apparently called X. The last time we hosted a show, Chris Wheeler, it was called Twitter Spaces. It's now X Spaces, but in this X revamp, they've taken the Spaces button Uh, off of the bottom of the main menu. And so I'm like, what is going on? So it took me a while, but they kind of hit it elsewhere. But
1: But uh, to be fair, I got to say, I got a tag on the post. I got a tag on the actual tweet. And then when you went live, I got a mention tag so I could click right to it. And I didn't have to sit there and keep updating to see when you were live. Thank you, Elon.
0: Which are words not a lot of people have said in a little while. I'm
1: I'm not bad about it. Plus, uh, this is kind of a 50-50. My mom always told me don't go into places with a big X on the door. But <laughs> the pirates always say X marks the spot for all the buried treasures. So my life's been torn for 37 years, but now I finally have the answer.
0: I, I feel like we should just say night because the show's not going to get any better than this. But for those who uh, are familiar, uh, you know that this is our beloved little dumpster fire. You know who else we should say hi to? Someone True. who's just been... If there has been a behind to kick on IndyCar pit lanes, she has been doing it. Her pal, the Caitlin Brown, winning a whole heck of a bunch of races there. Uh, you know what? If you're walking around in IndyCar paddock and you're like, "What's that smell? It smells like success." Somewhere you are. You're in the vicinity of Caitlin Brown. So,
1: scoreboard, scoreboard. Yeah,
0: uh, nothing but love for uh, folks doing big things on pit lane and. Uh, that's what I have to say. Tell
1: us stories, Christopher Wheeler. You spent... Caitlin, hold on. Real quick, Caitlin, I'm going to tell you. Kudos to what you guys pulled off, um, at Iowa. Because our, our only chance in hell for anybody else to win that race is if y'all screwed up on pit lane and you didn't. So it was like the highest pressure situation y'all could be in. And you came out smelling like roses or cheap champagne, however it looks or smells. So, uh, congratulations on that.
0: Yeah, look at
1: that. Rapid um, air horn.
0: You, uh, you spent two steamy days with uh, IMSA testing at good old I to the M to well, the S. And I so, get to see these beautiful cars this weekend. No, I'm not going to Crashville. I'm going to Road America. But well, what let, do you let, see?
1: Let's put an asterisk on Crashville. I'm not going to lie to you. Friday of the IMSA test was like the hottest day on record in central Indiana. And I didn't go to the track until 4:30. <laughs> um, but you had your headset on the whole time. Uh, yeah, clear. GT clear. traffic. Clear. GT traffic this lap. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, Lee orball and Robbie Fast took the duties at the test. I didn't have to worry about it. I did have to go see some people in the afternoon um, ahead of a, a reunion dinner of sorts with a small group, including uh, your friends Fry and my. Favorite French person, uh, Monsieur Baudet. Um, we were able to go to El Rodeo and Speedway like we used to do back in the good old days when he'd spend a month of the year here. Um, and that was a good time. But I will tell you, I Marshall, it's been a long time. Everybody says, don't you hate the humidity? How do you operate in the summer in the Midwest? And, yeah, it's gross. It's terrible. But I'll be honest. I don't leave. Like, I don't do anything. If I leave my house, my car has air-conditioned seats. Like I go, wow. I don't worry, I don't worry about the humidity cause I don't go out and do things other than golf. And bruh, I packed the, I, I picked the wrong colors. I, I had three stops to make on pit lane. The Cadillac pit box was the second one. And let's just say that my light red, bright pinkish reddish golf polo that I wore, um, was about two or three colors by the time I made it to that pit box. Oh boy, it was not good. So got called some choice names. Um, but yeah, it was it was wild, man. And I'll tell you what: uh, for those of you who have seen the GTP cars on track this year, you know the difference. That I'm, I'm not. This is a non-biased comment. Um, the Cadillac rattles bones in your body. You didn't know when it goes by you. To hear that thing roar down the front straightaway at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and echo off all of the grandstands and the infrastructure, oh man, I can't wait till the uh, the IMSA race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway because just hearing that car rip down the front straightaway brought me goosebumps.
0: I can't wait to get to Road America on Friday and do my end of day video with our man Sebastian with, Bourdais with and the ask wee, wee him Rocket. Yes, ask him what it's like knowing that Christopher Wheeler admitted to you rattling his bones. That's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, hey, we should also
1: the mention, speaking good thing, of amazing... The good thing for me is that your memory has gotten so bad that there's no way you're going to remember it by the time you get there.
0: You're kind of you're kind of nailing me there accurately. Hey, <laughs> uh, so we already gave lots of flowers to Caitlin Brown because she deserves them. And if you were to look at the good old Twitter Spaces layout here... How cool is this? Who is kind of sidled up right next, Caitlin? That would be our guy, Kyle Sagan. So if we're looking at two over-the-wall, tire-changing crew members representing the two teams, the two entries, specific entries, that have won the majority of the races this year, how cool is it that we have uh, Kyle and Caitlin here? I don't know how you do it on uh, among the various emoji options, but give each other a little uh, Twitter spaces or X-Bases high-five here because we got uh, an ass-kicking crew and spotters
1: and all kinds of stuff. You know, it's funny. On my same line, not only do I have an angry black man, but I have my buddy Adam, Scotty Max spotter, who has also had more success than me this year. So that whole line is just thriving, and I'm just over here helping my friend Marshall keep me on his show. My show? It's our show. What are you talking about? Don't be a silly guy. Um, Hey, I'm going to throw out a
0: radical proposition. Let's talk about racing. Um, Christopher Wheeler, we're going to Nashville this weekend, and had I remembered to do the thing I said I was going to do, I would have reached out to our guy, Linus Lundqvist. That's right. We're adding another QV, another Kvist. We're respecting uh, respecting the Kvist this weekend. We're going to have three Swedes in Nashville competing in IndyCar. Our guy, Marcus Ericsson our guy Felix Rosenqvist and Linus Lundkvist. Let's talk about Linus and this opportunity with the Meyerschenk Racing Team and probably the most prescient topic of all. Hey, kid. <laughs> Welcome to IndyCar. Uh, go successfully and ably represent the team and our friend Simon Pagino, who continues to heal from wicked lingering effects. And do it at the event with the highest attrition rate we've seen kind of forever. And in the biggest field we've seen in forever with more sketchy driving than we've seen forever. Go do all those things. Represent the team super well. Don't hit anything. But don't just kind of ease off the throttle and not impress anybody because you need folks to say, oh yeah, gotta hire that kid. Uh, but everyone likes to crash and run into each other. Delara's like stock it just spirals in the single day with all the spares being sold. Wheeler, can you think of a driver needing to impress and make a a statement more than anyone else to get onto the IndyCar grid being thrown a bigger set of challenges at any event on the calendar than what Linus is going to do trying to represent the 60 shank Honda entry, which has fallen out of the leader circle. Um, and for right now, the kid's got one shot. Tell me about this, man. This is crazy. Well, I, I'll
1: i be honest. I don't think it is as pressing as the naked eye suggests. I think it's actually one of the best opportunities for him in general. And I say that because the 60s out of leader circle. I say that because Tom Vlumquist didn't make it to turn two in his debut at Toronto. I say that because... Connor Daly, everybody's fan favorite, hasn't delivered the results, not saying it's his fault, but on the couple races he's been in the car. So I feel like if Connor goes and runs double top tens and, and Blumquist goes at Toronto and and runs top 15, now this is a big situation for Linus, but he's tested for multiple teams. He's had to adapt quickly to working with multiple sets of people and philosophies um, and platforms. Um, You know, we talked about the Shank-Andretti partnership. You know, Andretti should have the best general platform heading into Nashville. Um, I think it's one of the few edges they hold in IndyCar and performance still is their damper program on the street courses is really dang good. Um, That should have a trickle-down effect. Does he need to impress? I don't know. Um, I think for his own sake... Mental sake, he probably would love to go and just have a solid day, a solid weekend. Um, But when I think bigger picture of free agency and open rides in 2024 and the future of IndyCar and the fact that Linus is still a higher priority to team owners than anybody who's in the Indy Light Series, I feel like that takes some of the pressure off of him. Right Now, if you had a runaway standout leading the points in Indy lights right now, somebody just dominating the thing left, right and center. Then yeah, there's a lot more pressure, but I still think he's a high candidate Uh, and the silly season, as I'm sure we'll talk to here over the next little bit today or tonight. And in the future is it's shaping up to be very weird. And I I truly feel like it's not that big of a deal for him this weekend. It's going to be a big deal in regards to the opportunity, but I think he's going to do just fine. Um, Those lights cars are not fun to drive on street courses with no pit stops and one set of tires. And he did a fantastic job of it in uh, the last season. So, again, I think he's in a good spot. He won the race
0: last year, so we know he's pretty decent around there. But I'm just thinking of a couple other factors. I've been one of, I don't know, however many to write and say into microphones and video cameras and whatever else that, hey, this is – Garbage. Indy Lights champ should not be sitting on the sideline, right? For all the reasons we know. The advancement prize was too small, not enough opportunities for that small amount of money to interest anybody, blah, blah, blah. But a kid with this much talent who just mopped the floor with everybody in lights, this isn't the kind of talent who should be parked. And so we've been saying he's got crazy talent. This is wrong. Here he is having his first opportunity, and there's a lot of hype surrounding him last year, coming out of winning the title. And certainly those of us trying to keep folks remembering, he exists. (laughs) Think of him, please. Um, I would imagine there are very few people, especially those with potential seats to offer next year, who are thinking, "Ah," you know, nothing much to expect from him here. I would imagine that there are a number who said, hey, we've seen him race and think he's really good, but we've never seen him in an IndyCar. This is going to be a hell of a challenge. Depending on how well he does, he could absolutely give himself a great springboard to something bigger next year. Uh, or have folks going, oh, well, yeah, there's a lot of challenges there, but I uh, didn't really see anything that stood out. Like To me, that's the hard thing to balance. The last thing he can do is come home a anonymous 15th or 20th, where you go, K? Okay, he completed his first race, but I don't remember a thing about it. Or, hey, lap one, turn one, boom, broke the front of the car off, race over. All right, well, that was dumb, and we didn't get to see you do anything. All we remember is you made a mistake. Um, hey, there are folks going for a championship. Uh, are you racing among them? Or if they're coming by you to lap you, how do you deal with them? Are, are, I just think that this kid, knowing that late in the year, at a high-risk track, with a lot of hype around him being extremely good, has ten times the opportunity to fail than to make folks stand out and go, whoa, gotta have this kid in my car. You and I both believe he's got the talent to stand out. I'm just saying... Compared to Tom Blomqvist at Toronto, we've all been pretty well convinced that he's going to be racing for them in IndyCar next year. If he did well in Toronto, it would just further that belief. But if things didn't go great, I don't think that would have harmed his potential. This kid's got nothing for next year. And so leaving there with nothing isn't going to help. But if he can weave through all these landmines in front of him, I think he can do big things. Just saying that, you know. This isn't just to show so, up and drive, and whatever you do, we'll be good with. I don't I don't
1: know if that's the case. I think, though, I think the pressure's off him a little bit as far as his opportunities. And we're, let's just dive straight into the silly season. Project, projectors and predictions. And I'm going to throw an asterisk and a, and a warning sign on top of it. This is Marshall and I rambling on about stuff. Please don't sit there and, when it doesn't happen, be a dick about it. Because I'm just throwing things out there. Um... I don't think no matter what Linus does at Nashville, I don't think it'll be his last race of the year. I think there are enough big and there are enough teams around that around and below the cutoff in Leader Circle that have free drivers becoming free agents, and Linus has that budget money still to spend, that no matter what, we will see Linus again after this race. Who with couldn't tell you. But I feel like he's going to get two to three opportunities. I know you've written about that. I think it's going to happen. Um, I hope it happens for him. But I, again, I, when I look at the big picture of the free agency and the silly season, I think that this is a kind of a bonus opportunity, right? This is a Mike Shank needing to make a decision. Vlumquist has a as a would probably be in the car, but he's got to be at Road America with you. Um, you know, I think it also. You know, kind of give Shank an opportunity. Hey, try a kid for the future. We don't know. There's speculation that maybe he's looking to replace bolt drivers. Maybe he's keeping one and only and only looking for one. So um, I think it's a it's a bonus race for for Linus in that regard. I think that you know he's got some serious suitors out there, and I I think that that's where we'll see him maybe get some more opportunities throughout the season. He's tested with more IndyCar teams than any Lights champion um, coming out in recent years. And that's a positive sign because these teams have gone and they've made that look. Now we're at the end of the season. Some of the teams he's driven for, they have openings for next year or prospective openings for next year. They're you know they're struggling with a car or a couple cars this year. Now's the time when you're going to see somebody with a couple races left in their contracts take the check and get out of the seat and a kid like Linus get opportunities. So I, 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 I'm pretty pumped about this being his kind of rough start weekend. Hopefully it's not – actually rough but like go out here do the best you can get used to the weekend because i think those next couple races he gets this year because i believe they will happen are going to be the ones that set the tone for his future
0: why don't we ask jacob abel to tell us how I was crazy just, it I was is thinking, i was just thinking that
1: i was just thinking that
0: at nashville and do big things not small things and keep vehicles together because well,
1: why we're why we're waiting on jacob um to, to jump in that, i got to give him a special shout-out. Everybody knows I think he's the greatest ginger of all time. He's finger-licking fast, <laughs> all that good stuff. <laughs> terrible, terrible salesman of jet skis. But um, to see where he's come this year on road courses, not surprising to me at all. To see his determination and never give up attitude at Iowa, when, when the winner, Rasmussen, was half-tracked at one point on the field, and then to see Jacob's push to the checkered flag and how that race progressed, I was pumped. So one kid whose future I am super excited about is my favorite Louisville Kentuckian. This is Jacob Abel. Sir, welcome to the show.
2: Chris, you're making me blush. Sorry, um, I was ordering my sushi. That's why it wasn't wasn't working before. But We're, we're good now. You've well, got to order gas no, station ordering...
0: sushi? That's impressive. <laughs> car wash, sushi, full tank. I love that, Jacob Abel.
1: Uh, well, you. So, Jacob, talk to us. What, do you, what kind of – how difficult is it going to be for Linus to show up at Nashville for his debut weekend in the IndyCar Series in a car subbing for an injured driver that is outside the leader circle but only by a couple of points?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to be difficult for him. Um, I'm good buddies with Linus and I've always rated him, you know, super high as I think you guys both do too. I, I think he'll, he'll honestly do really well though. The only real issue is obviously going to be learning the car, And then I, I think the physicality is going to be a big thing. I mean, no matter how hard you train outside of a car, there's really no substitute for a physicality of, of driving a race car. And especially at that Nashville track, that's, you know, one of the hottest races of the year. Um, And obviously the IndyCar with the aero screen is hotter than our cars and the steering weight is is heavier and all that. I think, I think that's going to be a difficult thing, but other than that, I mean, I I think he's very talented and I think he could actually, you know, do really well and and hopefully surprise some people. But I definitely heard, heard Marshall saying, and I I agree that unfortunately he has a, a lot more opportunities to, mess up than really succeed but you know I think he's still he's a very smart guy and he's one in every single thing he's driven you know so I think he'll do really well that's just that's the
0: main thing that I see here Chris is just it's not that Linus lacks intelligence or you know he's just going to go out there and overdrive and be an idiot it's not that at all it's just he's going to have to balance a pretty unique thing that i don't know if any other driver really must do at this high attrition event and that is be smart achieve the goals set out for him by the team be intelligent around you know uh, the other drivers well, every driver but you know look if you're somewhere near a new garden or a whomever like look they're going for something big it'd be a huge win for you to take a position off of them but not while locking up the brakes and, you know, banging into them and, and ruining their race and affecting the championship. So I think he's just got this really unique set of unique challenges in front of him where he needs to go out and be a uh, a good student, do as he's told, make the Meyerschenk racing team happy, and also leave a positive image with the rest of the field um, that he's you know able to go and show well. Without putting anyone at risk, but also showing folks that yeah, I'm as good as you thought I was. Uh, again, yeah, and we know that he can do it. We believe he can do it, but he's not the only one out there. It could be someone else saying, "Aha! I see an opening a thousand miles wide. I'm going to pass a sixty car. Boom! Done in the race." So uh, I don't feel <laughs> I feel for him, uh, but we know how good he is. So I got to believe he's well, going to be I mean, okay. That-
1: I'm going to give him I know he listens to all of our shows after they 're done, and I know that he's you know listens and and, and reads everything you write, Marshall, so I love the for, lies
0: you're telling so Linus, when you
1: listen to this before he's strapping in the car on Sunday at Nashville here 's a little pro tip for a rookie: if your day's not going great, and if the leaders catch you on track, do not race every single car in the top ten. <laughs> Like this
2: the the sounds familiar. This sounds I feel like uh, I've seen this before. Just if, don't do
0: it. If if you're having the number fifty-five and the track middle how come to mind at any point in time during the race, Young Lewis <laughs> Um you but, go ahead and just shake your head a little bit uh, and and clear uh, the etch a sketch and make that go away. That's but, all
1: we're saying. We're, give credit where it's due. Both days at Iowa, leaders are coming through, and I can tell you, the 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 difference in the lead paced cars and everybody else was very very large. The fifty five, not a single time in two days, did anything remotely dickish, at least around the car of which I was spotting. Most times when we would catch him, he would actually come off of like come off of two and just get to the middle of the back straightaway and give up. And just let us go. And he'd come off a four and he'd drop to the middle of the front stretch and he'd crack the throttle early and give us a space. He never raced us in, never pushed us around. Not saying all lapped cars are like that. But at least in his case, he wasn't. A super heads-up uh, display. So I think the lessons were learned, which is all a part about being young. Um, but, yeah, Nash, Vegas, Crashville, whatever you want to call it. Jacob, what are your overall thoughts going into the weekend looking at the radar? Potential rain absolute miserable heat. How do you prepare for this?
2: To be honest, I, I didn't even know that there was rain in the, in the radar, but that'd be crazy. Um, but yeah, this is always, I don't know what it is with the Midwest and the middle of the summer, but it is always like the hottest race of the year by a long shot. Um, the humidity is always brutal. I think it's just, yeah, I don't know. Cardio working out, trying to run and, and stay in shape in the off seasons or, little summer break we have not the off season but yeah i think it'll be fun i think in our series you may see a little attrition with drivers you know the IndyCar series i think you have a bit more prepared people kind of everywhere but you know it's still super difficult their race is like three times as long as ours or more um and i think that definitely is probably one of the reasons that leads to the attrition in the races is just because of how physical the track is and how hot it is and if there's rain that there's a whole nother wrench in it um and then at the end of the day it's a really bumpy street course with uh, about zero margin for error so yeah i always love street courses i think it's going to be fun for for us and yeah hopefully we can you know keep the pressure on and, and keep battling for wins
0: wheeler did you just hear jacob abel call for stage breaks in indycar i think that's what i heard <laughs> Did you hear absolutely, that as well?
1: absolutely not so, okay. but Jacob, <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, uh, mean, anybody who's followed along and pays attention on the, on the socials, um, you know, you guys have kind of been carrying this chip on your shoulder all year. You know, you're not, you're not the mega church team. You know, you're not the, the big brand name program. You know, your family's organization showed up at Indianapolis with RC Ederson plugged it in on Saturday and you guys have been trucking and getting podiums and, and so close for wins. And you had a poll with this little small family team, and now all of a sudden, it's not such a small little family team anymore. You're going into the, to at least the next race with two brand new teammates that are completely new to your program, not a lot of experience in the cars. You go from being focused on what you're doing and, and building your craft and your points and your own race to now you're the leader. You're, you're the example setter. What does that change, not only for the organization, but for you and your mindset going in? Yeah,
2: it's honestly, I mean, just speaking on the the fact that we're going to have so many other people um, on the team and everything, and we've had so much interest with other drivers. You know, it really speaks to everything we've been able to do through the past year. You know, the Indy 500 definitely helped get the Able Motorsports name out there. I think a lot of our success in the Indy Next series has been you know, really good because it's finally, you know, we're getting recognized for, for all of the success that, that we've had, you know, as this, you know, quote-unquote small family team. Um, so, yeah, to have Juven and Francesco coming in is, is really cool. Um, you know, they're both pretty talented, you know, young drivers, and I think they'll bring – bring some good data to the team it's always good to have teammates you know no matter the experience they're always going to be faster in certain areas of the track and there's always stuff that we'll be able to learn uh, on the 51 car from them um, but at the end of the day you know we have enough people you know I don't think it's going to take away from our effort at all but yeah I'm definitely excited to, to be able to help out where I can uh, you know both these guys are a bit younger than me too and yeah it's, it's cool to kind of you know work with those drivers because you know I've had a lot of people like. You know, Spencer Piggott, you know, people like that who have been helping me and to be able to kind of help those guys is, is pretty cool too.
0: You know, another thing here, Jacob, just to mention, and this is just piggybacking on Chris's comments. It's been cool watching you and, as you said, the little family-run Team You And I know Colin Kaminsky was in there for, uh, you know, the opening stage of the season. But, you know, you've been the constant and at times the only entry, uh, it's been cool for me to see folks reaction, right? Folks don't sign up and say, Hey, I want to be a part of your program. If you're a smaller team and you aren't putting up the results. So you for example, you know, been hoping for him. I think he's got a lot of talent for sure. Uh, PT, I, I wouldn't pretend to know a ton about, but happy to see that your team is getting the recognition it deserves. And the business, right? The business is the important part. And yes, you don't need to go out and buy seven more trailers uh, to try and match HMD yet. But tell me about that because I I know your dad and John Bruner and, you know, all the good folks involved with the team have been working hard. But one of the best measures of success that goes beyond where you finish in each race is our folks calling. is the phone ringing and people saying, hey, I want to go racing with you. 'Cause you're showing me something that says you're worth our business.
2: Yeah, it's it's very rewarding. Um I mean that that, you know, is probably the single most, you know, telling sign of, of success or lack thereof is basically you know, the interest in seats for the next year. And unfortunately it's it's only really been me, um, in the car, you know. So it's been kind of up to me to show what the team's capable of and it's it is very rewarding to you know, have been showing that throughout this, this whole year with podiums and, and good results. And, you know, we're up there in the points. Now we're in a, you know, we're in a honest battle for the championship at this point, you know, being a, a one car team at some races and a two car team. I think it really, I've said this time and time again, it really speaks to the experience and the talent of, you know, all of the, the people on our team and, and, how good they really are you know to be able to do this as a one car team is is impressive you know no matter no matter what so yeah it's been very rewarding and on a business side of things it's been really nice to you know have other drivers come to us because you know i think whatever the future holds for me you know i think we want able motorsports to to stick around regardless and to do that you know we need other drivers and we need you know interest in the team and, and i think we're finally getting that and it's it's super nice
0: One more uh, flower for you, and then, Wheeler, why don't we get back to silly season, invite some of our friends to speak, and then say farewell. So your growth, in addition to the team's growth this year, Jacob, that's been the cool thing, right? Not only starting the year with uh, a podium and such, most recent result being a podium, another podium in there too, street course, road course, oval, right? Showing the the diversity of your talents, but knowing that we've had, what, as many as 19 cars in the field this year, and if I've missed one and we've had 20, I I apologize, but knowing that we've had pretty steep, deep field 17 cars or more pretty much everywhere, all of your finishes, barring one, have been top 10s and about half of them have been fourth or better. I know you're still chasing that win, but that's been the cool part too. Instead of like a fluky, Hey, we had a great one, then a bad one, then a great one, then a bad one. You've been showing folks, you've been on this really good top 10 streak for what the last five, six races, however many, where we expect you to be at or near the podium. Tell us about that side. Like you're a sweet kid and self-deprecating and all that, but like you're putting in the work that says, "Hey, he's third in the championship for a reason." There's some Indy Lights race winners behind you who wish they were putting up the results you are, and they're not driving for monster championship winners like Andretti or HMD.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate it, you know, and and I speak a lot about even motorsports, and I want their success, you know, more than anything. But there is a point where it is kind of hard to separate you know Jacob Abel as the driver and Abel Motorsports sometimes um so yeah it's it's good that you know at least some people are noticing the success that I've put in you know because I I want to go be a you know a, an Indy 500 winner and an IndyCar champion one day like that's my goal as a as a driver and you know Abel Motorsports and, and that whole thing has been awesome but you know that's that's the goal for me in the future and and all of that so being able to to put in the work and and get those good results is, is really really cool. Um but yeah, I, I appreciate it. Um yeah, it's been good to to get all those consistent results this year. I think that was kind of my mentality going into this season. Um I had a, you know, basically a full championship that I ran in January and early February where I was able to run it, you know, the pointy end of the grid and and kind of battle for the championship. I ended up coming away in third, but you know, that kind of taught me that consistency is is super super important. I think any driver will teach you that is you know, championships aren't really measured on your good days. They're more measured on your bad days. And it sounds kind of corny, but it's really true. Um, You know, if, if I hadn't gotten wrecked in barber and finished in the back instead of, you know, having every single race in the top 10, you know, we'd be right there. And I know every single driver that's been in any championship has, has those what ifs, but yeah, it's just, you know, limiting those as as much as you can and, and being able to put in those, those good results. And, even those just mediocre results, you know, coming away with, with a seventh, you know, when a seventh is possible, instead of, you know, trying to fight for six and, and wrecking out and finishing last. So that's kind of where, you know, I hope my maturity and a little bit more of my older age than some of the other drivers in the series has helped, but yeah, um, you know, it's getting down to it where we got to start really getting out there and, and winning races. Cause you know, you're not going to win a championship if you don't do that at the end of the day. So yeah, it's good to have the consistent results, but still, going out there and, and trying to get the race win.
0: also shout out for the all ginger podium by the way the ginger apocalypse yeah,
2: that was Iowa. awesome oh Scott Dixon had a, had a tweet with me and that was probably one of the coolest things that's ever happened So yeah
0: he retweeted <laughs> said uh, go gingers too so yeah y'all it was a unicorn filled podium so gotta love that Wheeler uh, what should we talk about next
1: well I think you should lead us right into the old uh, IndyCar silly season and just kind of let's just kind of lay some oh, ground out. Let's man. see what's going on. Let's.
0: Oh, man. There's like so it's... much. There's Dude. so much going on. And I, uh, <coughs> uh, this is something we do because we love. I can't give away all the stuff here if I haven't filed it yet uh, for one of my clients. And yeah, I was hoping to get it filed today. Uh, it's probably going to be tonight or tomorrow. But man, there's so much stuff. You and I spoke this morning. Uh, off the record about all kinds of stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, And even since then, Chris, I've had some conversations with folks that radically altered uh, what I understand and what is going on in the silly season. So I can't get into a lot of it, but uh, let's, how's this? Let's go team by team to at least give folks a a quick look of what at least I know to be going on. Uh, AJ Foyt, Benjamin Peterson's there on a multi-year uh, Santino is not signed beyond this year but uh, the team I know the team and the driver want to continue so it's just dependent upon finding funding right so um, I would hope that they find the budget for that sooner than later because if that drags on like deep into the offseason I think Santino might start looking elsewhere, not because he doesn't want to stay with them, just because, hey, uh, there could... He's doing well enough at times to where I'm confident he's drawing some interest from uh, one or two places in the IndyCar paddock and also outside, so hope something positive happens there. Andretti Autosports, the, uh, one of the big ticket questions. We know that our, our pal Devlin Francesco won't be returning. Been confirmed. I wrote that story a little while ago. Not exactly uh, a secret. The thing we hear is that they're not just looking to fill one seat, but potentially two. No official, formal direction from the team talking about Groschon and whether they're going to extend him or not. But I know, Chris, you and I have heard uh, heard the same thing about that situation. Oh, we should crack that open, though. But uh, I'll I'll leave that in your
1: lap to decide. Oh, you're gonna put it in my lap? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I look details internally at Indy Autosport are usually uh, hard to come by until they're out, and when they're out, boy, do they come out big. Um, and I, again, neither one of us. Work I don't there. think we should put we shouldn't put this. We should this one. Yeah, we'll be. Getting I'm just to see. saying, I was just. I'm only going to say exactly what you said. I, you I'm know, not just, putting it in my silly season update. How's that? There's like. there's people there's people that say that you know they're definitely shopping for one. Maybe they're shopping for two. And where that what that does to the silly season is it takes it takes an extra kind of who that hurts that hurts the Mike Shanks that hurts the 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 Ed Carpenters that hurts the the deal coins in a way. Right. Because what that does is it takes another, I'm not going to call it top tier seat, right? Like, because when I think top tier, I think Ganassi and Pinsky. And then I, I kind of have like McLaren and Andretti, um, and a staggered kind of mindset. And then you've got like, you know, kind of everybody else. And so it takes one of those kind of maybe top potential drivers that some of those, I would call it midfield teams are looking to, to get. And now it it alters it because now there might be, what if there's a second seed at Andretti? If there is, then that pulls one of those probably over-talented drivers that these teams are just one of these mid midfield teams is hoping they're going to get off their radar. Who does that help? Well, that helps the Santino Ferrugis if like what you just talked about with the Foyt situation. Um, I'm with you. I'm, I don't see that changing. But, you know, to my knowledge, everything down there in Texas is pretty status quo to them right now. They're just, they're doing what they do. But um, that's where it alters it. Maybe that's, is that, does that create an opportunity for a Alinas? Um,
0: we know this about Andretti Auto Sport. The 29 car has been a. Paying seat, meaning a driver is paying for it. Prior to Devlin, regardless of whatever the car number was, Hinch's last time there it was bringing a sponsor. Prior to Hinch and so on. Andretti has had one or two, but we'll just go with this one, a entry where a, a good driver with a full budget can participate in IndyCar through the business offering from Andretti Autosport to do so. We know because, again, we've written about it, been confirmed by the team and so on. They're converting that car, taking it out of something that can be hired by a driver to participate in any car to something where they have their own sponsorship, they pay a driver. So Andretti is going to four entries, all four cars, where they choose who the drivers happen to be based on their belief that they can win races, win championships, Indy 500s, and have a high pedigree or high potential to become that person. So the question here is, to Chris's point, a lot of folks within the paddock, even before the story was written or or, uh, confirmed, have known the 29, that fourth car, is one where a lot of free agents were either looking to or even the team was reaching out to. Known that for a while. The question here now is, is this now a two-car driver expedition, and will the 28 that Roma is currently driving be something where they're on the lookout for someone new or different? We hear that that is the case. Has the team said so? Could this change quickly? Could they decide to extend Roma right now, today, tomorrow, whenever, and make sure that uh, the 28 car remains his for years to come. It's entirely possible. Just based on the what I continue to hear, there's an active search for not just one, but two drivers. Also keep in mind, just to close on this, we know for sure the 29 car will have a new driver, period, and a statement. Yep. We don't know if the 28 will. So you can look for drivers just to make sure that That's what a team should do, even if you love the person that's in it, and they've done everything to deserve an extension, and you plan on giving them one. You would not be doing your job as a team owner, team manager, whomever, if you weren't out talking to potential alternates, because who knows, the person's a free agent. Maybe someone else says, hey, we want to give you money to drive our car, and you might have the full intent to keep them. But they decide to go somewhere else. So, again, until something is agreed to on who's going to drive the 28, whether it's a driver choice to leave or the team's choice to look elsewhere, um, I think we can assume they're looking for two and for
1: sure need one. So you you just hit the nail on the head, though, with something that I wanted to bring up tonight. What? Okay. And this is for team owners. (laughs) Starting to see the boy that cried wolf story repeating here. The team owners are complaining, oh, there's too much drama around my driver. Oh, there's too much drama around my program. Oh, there's too much drama. There's too much media. I don't like it. Well, let's just remember the owners are the same people that put in contracts a time of when a driver is allowed in in a contract year to openly negotiate with other teams in the marketplace. Those, those team owners that put that in these driver contracts are the same people who are calling the other drivers in May, <laughs> in June, and they're, they're the ones that are making you do all this extra work, right? Do you remember the good old days when we used to be able to like get through the middle of the season and then you'd start hearing some rumblings and then you'd have to start investigating it, but up until then you could do great stories and, and report on races and not have to waste so much time playing the what-if game every 36 hours.
0: <laughs>
1: but now, the same people that are complaining about it being in the intention, and the same people that are complaining about all the other angles of it, are the ones that actually are the ones doing the, and have the problem. And I just wanted that to be known. There are a few indie car owners that are great. There's a few that are decent human beings. There's a few that I wouldn't take a free beer from. Which is saying something, because I love free beer. They know who they are. I'm not going to be a dick about it.
0: but Don't, don't, because that's our message. Don't be that, that Yeah, person.
1: don't be that. I'm not going to call them out. I'm just saying, come on, man. Like, <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't tell me that you're complaining about the drought and then be pissed off when it's raining. Okay? So, that said, let's move on. Let's, let's say on. hi to
0: our pal Callum Illot, by the way, the illest oh. Callum in the world.
1: Wow, um, that's right. One of my favorite neighbors who's never here. Um, so, while we're talking though about this stuff, let's move on. Let's move on to Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, Marshall.
0: What would you like me to say about them? Uh, well, our friends at RLL?
1: You know, three cars, full time. Fourth at Indianapolis. Um, I think it's to nobody's surprise that, to my knowledge, Christian Lundgaard is not going anywhere. Um, he has been a breath, a breath of fresh air to the organization and its partners. Um, a team that, if you look at the stuff that you and I look at off track, has done a fantastic job in the branding and partner and business development side. On track product has not been great. Like, there's no there's no making it sound okay, right? It has not been great. Um, when you look at it as a whole, but they've done a great job keeping you know partners happy and keeping partners coming in to continue this rebuilding effort that they're in. Lundgard stays put. You know we need to we need to give
0: some flowers here. We're going to continue handing them out. We need to give some flowers and hello to Connor Dale, you just joined us. Hey, we need hello. to give some flowers to good old Calum Iloat, along with who you just mentioned, Christian Lingard. Those two wacky kids have changed IndyCar teams. I'm not talking every team, but overall, these two guys have changed what IndyCar teams are looking for in young drivers or willing to accept in terms of experience from young drivers more than I have seen for as long as I've covered the series. Uh, Lundgaard, who is a pretty darn good driver of Indy cars, did not come here with any fanfare. If anything, there was a lot of Googling who is Christian Lundgaard and come to find, okay, uh, won a couple F2 races. His final year there wasn't spectacular. Don't know if the team was fully kicking ass like you would hope, but came here, not with a big profile in F2 and has shown folks, hey, uh, there's a real gem here. Callum obviously came here with, uh, I would say, uh, definitely higher level of awareness and has only shown that, wow, this guy's kind of ready to go. Both of these guys have to learn ovals, obviously, but we've seen them, especially at Iowa, for example, Really show that they get it. You know, Callum as well. Indianapolis this year is pretty damn impressive. But these two guys, and I, I'm not saying this strictly on my own opinion, I'm parroting what I'm hearing from team owners when they're talking about who are we looking for in the future who interests us. Like a high, a race winning F2 driver, F1 test driver, someone like that, certainly going to capture an IndyCar team owner's attention. But for the first time I've seen, maybe ever, I have a lot of IndyCar team owners saying, well, we we need to take a much harder look at F2 because you don't have to be a champion to be really damn good and ready to do well in IndyCar. So
1: well, and it's don't a forget pretty interesting development. Now, granted, these two have, have made their way to IndyCar and they've reserved their, their stay here in IndyCar. They've done a great job at that. But I will say one of the F2 conversations that also is coming up is not just about the talent. But the one thing you and I don't have, and that's a budget. and that's because I think a lot of the drivers that come through that that, that European you set up over there, uh, whether it's the whether it's the ability to just attract more people with money, maybe it's the sex appeal of maybe the investment of a driver maybe going to Formula One, you know maybe maybe it's just more opportunities over there to raise funding but a lot of the drivers to my knowledge not all but there's drivers in F2 right now that look at that and it's it's a budget game over there too just like it is here but realistically the budget for IndyCar is so much less than somebody buying their way in to formula 1 that they have such good contacts in Europe that they could say hey i could i only need this much money and i can go over here and so now you're telling me i've got a kid with talent who can at least bring budget to get started Well. Okay. Sign me up. Cuz at the end of the day, we're not just looking for talented race car drivers anymore on the team side. Yes, there's teams out there with good sponsors, but we're looking for drivers that not only have the budget but the talent, right? So now it's a race. Finding a driver with budget not as difficult as it was 3-4 years ago. Finding a budget a budgeted driver with talent? Well, that's where people are earning their money. Yeah, see? Yeah, see? So let's talk, though. right Edmund Lanigan. You know, you've reported that maybe Graham Ray Hall is a free agent. I have not seen anything that he signed anything. Yeah,
0: nor have I. Uh, he sent me to voicemail today after one ring, so he was either busy or just really not in the mood for talking to me. Uh, not uncommon. Um, but yeah, haven't heard anything about that. Expect him to do so. He expects to do so. They expect him to do so. Just a case of how much longer he wants to commit to. It's not like he couldn't sign another extension after that, but we know he's he's looking at a finish line here sooner than later. The real question, though, is what do they do with the third car, and that, without a doubt, is available. Uh, Jack Harvey, looking around the paddock, he knows that there is no intent at the moment, nor do I think is there any intent upcoming, for him to remain in that third entry once his contract is up here in, what, a month and a half? Once we uh, get through Monterey. We know for a fact that they have been actively talking to folks. It's not something they want to speak about publicly. I've been really impressed to see how they've approached this. They want to say nothing about looking for anyone. They want to give Jack full credit and support him a hundred percent as they should. So I've been impressed Chris with how the team has gone about this. Cause sometimes we see when a relationship is clearly headed towards a divorce, you start getting some comments from team or the driver that makes that kind of known publicly. We haven't seen that again, full respect to them, but we know for sure that they are indeed in the market to hire someone to go alongside Graham and Christian. So I would not position them on, on the poll among teams, right? Obviously, Ganassi's got a lot of folks who want to be a part of their team. Same with Andretti, Errol McLaren, uh, depending on what happens there. But Ray Hall for sure is in the conversation. Some of the folks we've discussed, some of the free agents we've discussed whether it's uh, Ericsson Rose Kvis, and so on and so forth. Um, Some of the folks that we know who are free agents, one of them will be driving that car next year. And uh, I hope for them that they're able to contribute uh, to make that team better because I think the team's on the rise for sure. Um, There's just a need for a change there to help get them to that place sooner than later
1: here's what i think happens i'm gonna throw this out there i think abel motorsports does a technical partnership with roger penske and kyle kirkwood buys himself out of his contract to go drive the race car
0: you've just saved me a lot of writing so i appreciate that christopher Wheeler.
1: congratulations jacob give me a heart <laughs> all jokes aside i think marshall i'm curious Oh, there's the emoji. Um, Marshall, I'm curious. What are your top four free agents currently? you got to rank them. If you're the team owner, what's your top four list? I want this guy first. If I can't get him, I want this guy. can't get him this guy and so on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that one's easy. It's just one of them we know we don't expect to actually be on the market, but they are technically a free agent, but. I think that list is pretty easy to assemble. Uh, P1 would be Alex Pelot, P2, Marcus Erickson. P3, Felix Cavist. And four, since I don't know Kallum's contractual situation, but I do hear folks saying they would like him to drive for them, uh, but I do know Malukas is 100% a free agent. I'll put Malukas in P4 strictly because I know he can drive for other teams. If I knew for a fact that Kaloum could, uh, I might shuffle the order a little bit.
1: So I'm not going to use Pillow on this because personally, I think it's, he's doing one of a couple things, right? Like, I, I only know what, what you write and what I see online, um, especially on this. But That
0: is such a lie because you never read what I write, but go ahead.
1: I do sometimes. Um, a lie. Go ahead. So I don't I don't consider him out there. I actually put Rosenquist at my top. Then I put a Callum Milot. Then I put a Marcus Erickson. Then I put a David Malukas. I said it. Well there fact, you go. And and in fact there's actually a chance that I would have again, not knowing the situation, I would love to see what an Armstrong does. Also. Right, because the kid—I mean, getting to work with the kid—he's been a stud. I absolutely have enjoyed it, one hundred percent. So, um, yeah, man, like there's so much exciting stuff. Okay, here's one: not in an indie car right now. Who do you go for? Well, and Nick don't DeVries tell me comes to mind. Don't, don't tell me you're going after Van Ginsburg and like
0: everybody else in North America. <laughs> well, first of all, you got to pronounce it right. It's, it's Dane like, Van. It's Gain Van Schisbergen. So, you know, enough <laughs> of that nonsense. Um, I mean, I've heard DeVries' name mentioned by two top teams with seats open that they're waiting to pay people to drive. By no means the only outside of IndyCar person, but uh, that's where I might go first. Not saying there aren't others, uh, but. Yeah, there's some who folks might not even be thinking would be looking to IndyCar.
1: Yeah, it's weird, right? Because there's a lot of crazy things out there. I, of course, he has a job right now, and to everybody's knowledge, he's still he's still going to have one next year. But, and I know his season hasn't gone the the way that he wanted it to. But I'm not a I'm not opposed to grabbing a Logan Sargent man, like. For two reasons. One, I think, look, the kid did a great job getting to where he is. However that happened. He's had results. Better than some guys that will continue on a career probably longer. But I'm also, on the business side, not ashamed to say it. I would happily grab a kid out of a Formula 1 car. Especially one here on our soil. Um A, we're going to sell a shit ton of t-shirts. But B... I think there are still a lot of race fans that are Formula 1 fans that still don't really know what IndyCar is. And just maybe something like that will bring them over to watch. Does that retain a race fan, Marshall? I don't know. But all I've ever asked them to do is give me the opportunity to watch the race. And if you don't like it after that, then cool, I don't care. Maybe I'm looking at that wrong. I love love your enthusiasm here. I
0: don't know if I would think Logan Sargent to IndyCar would sell a ton of T-shirts. And that's not because I'm trying to speak ill of the kid, except for whatever amount of American F1 fans who've gotten to know him this year, he's just had no real profile in America. So his chosen path for a little while has been Europe trying to get to F1, and I don't think it was until this year where he had any sort of profile. So I just I don't think that there's a huge... Logan Sargent fan base here in and around IndyCar that would pop up. But I mean, look, we know that he and the Floyd team were somewhat close to uh, doing a deal a couple of years ago uh, before a pathway to F1 seemed to open up. But I don't know. Um, I think it's, I like the idea. I just don't know where he'd stack up. So, I'd put that one as way more of a stretch. But I did have a uh, IndyCar driver within the last two hours say he thinks Williams should sign Pillow. And uh, in that scenario, he said that would free up Sargent to potentially come over here. So, who knows? Maybe I don't know anything. Well, but I do know.
1: Where do you want to go uh, next?
0: Why don't we invite a couple of our friends to speak? And That's then good. say farewell, because I have... A tooth that is starting to kill me.
1: So flapping my gums. I should probably stop doing that. You too? I bought a box of uh, blow pops. And I went through those things over the weekend. And boy, oh boy, does my teeth hurt today. Um. All right. Peter
3: Croth. What's going on, everybody? Uh, it's been a pretty exciting day, uh, personally, because uh, the first round of acceptances for... Going to Marshall, the Las Vegas Grand Prix came out and uh, it looks like I'm headed there. So uh, that's a that's a personal win right there. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to uh, Jacob Abel and to Abel Motorsports. Uh, giving a, a, a ride to some new talent, always a good thing. Um I don't know the other driver but uh Yuvan Morthy. uh I first met him and his family when Yuvin was uh 14 years old uh just getting into uh F1600 uh you you meet that family you meet that you meet Yuvan uh and you just want you want him to succeed he's, he's just a really good kid um as far as silly season is concerned The only thing that seems to be for certain is that uh, nothing's for certain. So, uh, Marshall, I I pity you for a lot of sleepless nights uh, and long nights you're going to have writing stories about all of this. But I do have to concur with you on uh, Logan Sargent. Um, I don't think he's got the presence among uh, American fandom to make a splash right away. Uh, That's not a knock against him um, because he is certainly a talented driver driving for Williams, but, uh, you know, who knows, maybe he can come in and, uh, make a splash along the lines of, uh, uh a Callum Eilat or, uh, an Augustine Canapino.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Peter. And I, I think of Logan at the moment in Lance Stroll type territory, right? Prove that he belongs on the grid and is capable of, you know, competing against other drivers. But in that first season, didn't necessarily do anything that I thought at least said, whoa, watch out. Given more years than more time, like, <laughs> I realize that success in F1 is entirely built around the car, no matter what, whether you're the best team or worst team. But, hey, there are times where he is ahead of Fernando freaking Alonso. And you got – now, we're not saying that Lance Stirl was as good as Fernando Alonso, but, man, uh, the kid's pretty darn close a lot of the time. And is that something we would have predicted when he was a rookie in Logan's exact spot? Not at all. So, again, I'm not claiming Logan has, you know, I'm going to be matching or sometimes beating multiple world champions in the same car potential. But I do know that in the past, someone in his same exact scenario – with time, given time, has gone on to show that they drastically uh, outperformed any of the limited expectations had. I mean, just remember how bad his reputation was, right? Daddy buying him onto the grid doesn't belong here. Now it's like no one's saying that anymore. So it's that kind of thing where I hope Logan's F1 career isn't a one and done because we don't know, nor does he know how good he can be. We can say for sure though, we're not gonna find out if he only gets one
3: year. And never underestimate someone's ability to catch lightning in a bottle. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, Mr. Wheeler, have we reached that time where we have uh, have the official closer of the Racing Family show?
1: I, I think it is, and it's you know, it sues me to know that we're here, but before we get there, Marshall. Special shout-out to the Orlando Racing Group, listening from New York. Um, Michael, Nicholas, Michael, orlando has been on a tear, if you haven't noticed, Marshall.
0: I have noticed. I've even spoken to him about
1: it. Absolutely it, rolling. You and, know, I should
0: mention here, I normally don't, but I, I feel compelled. So, what was it, two weeks ago, whatever it was, just wrote a little column about the uh, – USF Championships presented by Cooper Tires, all three tiers there, and how the various kids were doing, and then uh, closed with the Indy NXT by Firestone kids as well. Just for those who weren't following everything or didn't have the chance to follow every race or see who was rising and doing big things, just tried to go through and spell out the kids, USF Juniors, USF 2000, Indy Pro 2000, Indy NXT. Michael obviously was mentioned as one of the, the great young standouts Obviously, tough year to start coming off of his USF 2000 title. Really rough opening to his Pro 2000 season. Really awesome Peter Dempsey in the Turn 3 team. You know, just not one filled with luck. But, man, Michael's been charging like mad, racing super hard, giving Miles Rowe a genuinely hard time. Probably wrote about 15, 20 kids in there. I write these columns, Chris without any expectation of anyone saying anything about, that I write about. I never, you don't, again, I don't write these stories to get folks saying any. the drivers or the team owners in question, reaching out afterwards. And yet, there was a single driver who took the time to text and just say, thank you for writing nice or complimentary things about me. And that was Michael D. Orlando. So it's not as if we didn't know he was already raped, right, and has great parents, but... Of all the kids, uh, he was the only one who thought to, even though it's not expected. who took the time to just reach out and say, thank you for saying some courteous things about me. So as if I wasn't already impressed with him as a driver, but just as a young man, like kids going about things the right way.
1: Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. So Bernard, my friend, the dearest closer of the racing family. We hope you're enjoying your summer way up north. Welcome to the show.
3: I, I'm
2: not really that far north, Wheeler. I'm like five minutes from Illinois.
1: Hey, bud, still further north than me, eh?
2: Uh,
1: no. But
2: uh, I. it's been a – first of all, uh, I I kind of know you, because he and I are both on the Formula SAE team at UW-Madison, so it's really cool to see him – moving up the ladder. And then with another Madison, Wisconsin ish related thing saw last week, two weeks ago, whatever it was, Hinchcliffe was testing with Kelly Moss racing. What is there? Is he going to be an IMSA next year? What, what, what's happening with that?
1: I honestly don't know. Um, I found out the day before he was doing it actually. Um, that it was, that it was a thing. So I don't know if it was more of just like, uh, Hey, we've got this opportunity. Do you want to come do it type thing, um, that he did, or, or honestly, I don't know much about it. Marshall, have you heard anything on that?
0: Sorry. I was, uh, texting with one of our friends involved in the show right now. Uh, Sagan, I blame you. Um, Come on, Sagan. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, uh, look, I, I am embarrassed to say I had no idea about it, Bernard, so you're doing a better job than I am. Um, I wasn't aware. But, yeah, I can tell you this. There's been more than one potential James Hinchcliffe Porsche IMSA GTD uh, scenario that maybe kind of sort of almost happened in recent years, so Uh, I love the sound of that continuing. Um, So yeah, I don't have any more info because I just learned about it from you, but hearing that it was in a Porsche related team that made a lot of sense to me based on uh, him coming pretty close, not once, but twice in being a uh, full season GTD Porsche driver. So yeah, I hope, I hope. Uh, Granted, for him, not for us. He's the best thing to happen to an IndyCar broadcast in a super heck a bunch of many years. And as an addition to, right, there's already been some great quality brought to that. Who else is going to argue and check Townsend on their constant <laughs>
1: nonsense
0: Townie throws out there? I love Townie. I mean, come on. Um, without these two... We have IndyCar's official yin and yang in, uh, in Hinch and Townie. So, But just the quality of information and the insights that Hinch brings as someone who last raced these cars not so long ago with an arrow screen in the exact configuration we use today is, I think, proven to be invaluable. So I would love for Hinch, who still has that competitive spirit inside of him, to be able to race and achieve that fulfillment. But I would hate the idea of losing him from the broadcast because unless it's our guy, Tony Kanaan, who has done some pretty awesome on camera analysis in brief, brief stints a couple years ago. uh, I can't think of anyone else who would bring what Hinch is bringing. So great for him, but loss for us. If we aren't able to have him at uh, however many races that would be. That's a good point,
1: Marshall. I hate it when you're yeah, right. It happens at least once a show. That I can guarantee. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to throw a perfect game against you, my friend. So, Marshall, are we there? You keep talking to me every time I go
0: away to keep texting with Sandy you SOB. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a reason. Yeah. I, I thought I had a little bit of run time here. Uh, yeah, and thanks to everybody for uh, for tuning in and joining us. Apolo- true, genuine apologies for not being able to do this for a little while, but uh, we're going to try and keep up and do this more regularly. We might even be able to do this in person, Chris, like not yeah, next week in Indianapolis. We should all say hello to our friend Rishi and Indy Amy and a bunch of other folks who've uh, joined in. Chad, by the way, and anyone else we've missed, to uh, Caleb Whistler, Folks, uh, Laura, who've come in here, uh, maybe after we said our initial hellos so and thank you, Jason, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks to uh, Kyle. Thanks, everybody. Nix, who uh, comes and plays with us. And uh, yeah, Mr. Wheeler, I'm going to hit the mute button, go over and text more with Sagan while listening to your lovely close.
1: Well, I got to start off by thanking a couple of key people here. How about our sponsors, Toronto Motorsports? Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and of course, Discount Tire. Um, as we look back at our time this evening, a big thank you to all of you for joining us. Without you uh, having tons of patience as we take three-week sabbaticals because, well, honestly, the last show just didn't happen because Marshall and I both decided to take midday naps and nobody woke up to remind the other one. We genuinely fell
0: asleep. Not <laughs> even a
1: joke. Called, spoke like an hour or two
0: before. <laughs> hey, we're doing a show. Yeah, man, for sure. And then it's like four forty-five my time, seven forty-five his, and it's like, dude, I fell asleep. Me
1: too. Yeah,
0: like <laughs> this is embarrassing.
1: So, but you know, that's big time uh, journalism for you. Um, but no, seriously, thank you guys for sticking with us and 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 staying, you know, staying up to date and up to speed and comments and likes and 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 the messages and then showing up when we decide to show up ourselves. Means a lot, and we really appreciate it. Um, everybody at the racetracks over the summer stretch that I feel like just doesn't stop. That's come up and said hello, hello, and thank you. Um, as we look back at our time, um, I'm going to kind of go back to what I talked about earlier with some of the IndyCar team owners. You know, don't be the person that complains that something isn't going the right direction, and when it does, or the right something isn't happening. And when it does happen, then complain that it, that it didn't happen at the right time. Uh, it's just a reminder just to literally just be thankful for what we've got going on in our lives and, you know, be thankful for opportunities. And if something isn't happening right now, well, you're not going to will it upon yourself or the universe. Just keep doing good work and good things will come. Um, now more than ever is the time to remember too, um, don't forget about those ones in your lives. Don't forget about the people that you haven't talked to in a while. Don't forget about the people that you keep getting that notion that maybe you should just reach out. Well, you know, maybe they're more important than, than ordering that latte. Or maybe they're more important than, you know, diving back onto TikTok. Take the time and reach out. Uh, it really means a lot to them. And you never know how that can change their life for the better. Also, folks, massive, massive, massive heat waves. Don't be the ass that leaves your dog chained up outside or forces your cat to go roam for 12 hours a day. Don't forget, they're family to a lot of people. And if, uh, you know, honestly, if if you can't take care of an animal in this heat and they're struggling, then maybe you shouldn't have one. Don't don't like me. If you don't like that, I don't care. I just see it way too often over the last few weeks, especially here in the Midwest. And it really, really, uh, really ties my hair in a knot, if you know what I mean. Um... Other than that, life's not that difficult. Um, it's actually quite simple. A little human decency, a little situational awareness now and then. Oh, yeah. And don't be a dick, because nobody likes that. So, for my esteemed co-host, Marshall Pruitt, I'm Chris Wheeler. We're back from sabbatical, we're back in action, and we're back with you right here on the Racing Family Show. So, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you down the road. Beep, beep.